Welcome to the After Party. Tonight we discuss the disturbing paranormal experience of the Bowen family. Again, I want to reiterate you should not listen to this story with children present. In any case, you want to start us off? Tell us a little bit about the uh, Bowen family. Sure. For several weeks in the late fall of 1986, Frank Bowen of Pepperell, Massachusetts and his two teenage daughters were terrorized by an unseen force inside their own home. TV channels were mysteriously changed, items were rearranged, and milk went missing without explanation. That, to me, seems like the work of a teenager, but... <laughs> Eerie messages like, I'm in your room, come and find me, appeared on the walls. So, Frank's daughters feared it was the ghost of their recently deceased mother, who they had tried to contact using an Ouija board, but the truth was far more disturbing. On December 8th, 1986, the girls returned home to find that someone had used their toilet. Uh, no further info on whether this was a deuce or <laughs> if they had flushed or what evidence was left behind. And you know. Uh, <laughs> maybe the toilet yeah, seat was maybe left that up. Was it. Maybe it was just that. Uh, Frank then began a full search of the house, and when he opened one of the wardrobes, a teenage boy dressed in a Native American-style jacket and wielding a hatchet suddenly popped out. A life-or-death struggle ensued, but the boy mysteriously vanished somewhere inside the house. With their assailants still at large in their home, the Bowens quickly moved out. When police later searched the property, they found that the boy had broken in through the cellar and had been living in a crawl space inside the walls for weeks. The boy wouldn't be caught for good until the following year when he broke into another local home, this time raping and slaying a pregnant mother of two before drowning her kids in the tub. In December 1987, Daniel LaPlante tormented the family of a girl he was stalking by secretly living within their walls for several weeks. Daniel was 17 years old in 1987 when he brutally murdered Priscilla Gustafson and her two children in Townsend, Massachusetts. Daniel was born in Townsend, Massachusetts on May 15, 1970, and he allegedly endured terrible sexual and psychological abuse at the hands of his father and then his psychiatrist during his youth. He attended St. Bernard's High School in Fitchburg, where peers and instructors described him as a loner and an unfriendly individual. According to the Boston Globe, a neighbor became concerned about his frequent solo excursions into the woods behind his home in the 1980s. You would see him walk out there alone. The forest is the only location you would see him. Uh, Daniel became a neighborhood thief at the age of 15 after being diagnosed with hyperactivity condition by the doctor who allegedly sexually molested him. And the, the, diagnos the diagnosis may have been a little different back then. Uh, you know, now we would say... Yeah, or ADHD, something like that, right? Daniel became obsessed with 15-year-old Tina Bowen in 1986. They attended the same school, and during the Easter break, he took her on a date. Some pupils informed Bowen upon her return to the school that Daniel was facing rape allegations, and according to her father, Frank, that was the end of the matter, or so he believed. Late in the fall of 1986, Daniel got access to the Bowen residence at 93 Lawrence Street in Pepperell, close to Townsend, over the course of several weeks. From a tiny crawl area, he subjected the family to psychological torment. After observing Tina and her sister use an Ouija board to communicate with their recently deceased mother, Daniel began mimicking a ghost. TV channels were altered, objects were repositioned, and milk was drunk inexplicably. He even emptied wine bottles without consuming them and wrote frightening messages such as, Marry me, and I'm in your room, come and find me. Frank Bowen discovered Daniel in a closet, face painted, wearing a Native American-style jacket and a ninja mask and wielding a hatchet. 
Tina Bowen escaped through a window and called the police, who found Daniel in their house's cellar two days later. Daniel had evidently been living for weeks in a triangular space in a corner, enclosed by two sides by the concrete foundation and an inner wall. On November 16, 1987, the plant broke into the home of the Gustafson family, which consisted of a pregnant nursery school teacher, Priscilla, and her husband, Andrew, and their two children, five-year-old William and seven-year-old Abigail. He held the family at gunpoint and escorted Priscilla and her son to the bedroom, where he placed William in the closet and tied Priscilla to the bed with improvised ligatures and gagged her with one of his socks. After Priscilla was raped, LaPlante fired two shots into her head. Afterwards, he brought William to the bathroom and drowned him. As he was leaving, he ran into Abigail Gustafson, who had taken the school bus home. He enticed Abigail into a second bathroom, where he also drowned her. Using forensic evidence, LaPlante was implicated in the crime. The shirt and gloves he wore to drown the children were even discovered still wet in the woods behind the Gustafson residence. Dogs tracked the scent of the clothes through the woods to within three to four feet of LaPlante's home. The evening following the Gustafson murders, LaPlante was questioned. The police planned to return the next day with sufficient evidence to capture Daniel, but he fled and a large manhunt followed. On the evening of December 3, 1987, LaPlante was discovered hiding in a dumpster and apprehended during another burglary spree in Pepperell. In October 1988, LaPlante stood trial for the Gustafson murders, and a jury convicted him guilty. He was sentenced to three life terms. You know, we kind of advertise this as a paranormal experience, but this is absolutely terrifying. Terrifying. Can you imagine opening your closet and a guy dressed up in Native American gear and face paint with a hatchet? It's just horrifying. I don't know any other way to describe it. And then the fact that he was hiding in crawl spaces in two different houses. Yeah. What the hell? Why are these houses built like this? I mean, I understand houses uh, that don't have basements need to have a crawl space so people can get to electric and plumbing and stuff. But normally, it, there's no entry into the house from from those crawl spaces but yeah um it, one of the notes even said it was a six inch wide crawl space that he like slithered through their walls and you know it's just kind of a reminder like even if you see stuff like this and you're like oh it's it's a ghost it's it's nothing you know or, or you try and deny it or whatever i mean this could also happen to just about anyone yeah. so I, I don't know i just thought that was a horrifying story yeah it is for the same reason that some of the other ones are horrifying and that it's random like there's no mm -hmm. the, like this family didn't do anything i mean that's why certain crimes get press more than others right some are just random there's no reasonable explanation to it like no when i say reasonable i mean there's no like cause that you can trace back like this person did this right. so this other person escalated and did that or you know this was a robbery or something like that it's like somebody just randomly runs into a grocery store and kills a bunch of people like yeah it's terrifying to yeah. imagine you know the things that can just happen to you at random that probably won't i mean statistically they never will but but they can't yeah yeah, I don't know about you, but I mean, 
if this happened in my house, if I'm looking through stuff, there's going to be a 9mm with a burgundy beam on the end of it. When I open the door to the closet, if a dude jumps out with a hatchet, he's going to get capped. You know, there's a lot of... I mean, this is a good story, I think, to illustrate why having a firearm is a good idea. I mean, do you want, I mean, people that, you know, are totally anti-gun, okay, well, you want to have a hatchet fight with somebody in your house? It's ridiculous, but... Yep, I'm with you. That's all I got. You got anything else on this? I do not. All right, tell them what they need to know. Uh, you can buy a really nice hatchet at your... <laughs> Yeah, as I said earlier, please share this on social media, whatever it is you'd like to use, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Friendster, MySpace, whatever else you got. And don't forget to check out the Parabox link in the show notes. Send us emails at crypticpodcast at gmail.com if you have anything to say or any suggestions. And until next time... We'll be seeing you. Good evening, Crypt Keepers.